look back at the year that was 2010. It's the Michael Groff Show Year in Review. Part 2. It's the show that's so huge we couldn't possibly contain it onto one edition. This is the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show 2010 Year in Review Part 2. The craziest, most bizarre, most unusual, biggest rants, raves, uh, just all the weird stuff that happened on our show uh, during the past 12 months. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, pass along the contact information for the program. As always, mike at kmgx.com is our email address for your feedback, your questions, anything you want to pass along. mike at kmgx.com. That's also our PayPal address, so you can make your monetary contributions to our fine show. Uh, you know, keep the donations coming on in. That's what keeps us on the air, folks. Mike at KMGX.com. Email and PayPal. Also, we're on AOL Instant Messenger for your instant gratification, your feedback. We keep that up 24-7, 365 for you. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And for everything else Michael Groff related, you can, of course, go to the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. You can check out our chat channel, our donation links, everything else. It's all up and available to you at michaelgroff.com. All right, on this portion of the year in review, uh, man, some very unusual crimes were committed during the year. And I don't think it gets more unusual than a woman exposing herself. Yeah, you typically think of that as a guy crime. Now, I'm not talking about a woman that just goes out and flashes her boobs on the streets of New Orleans when beads are thrown at her or anything like that. I'm talking about exposing yourself in the creepy way to passersby where you just flash your entire naked body at people or you go around to a school and do that. I mean, 99.9% of the time, you know that's a guy crime. But in this particular instance, it's a woman committing the crime. The question, of course, that was on everyone's mind... What does the woman look like? Is it an attractive woman that commits that crime? Well, at the risk of offering up another spoiler, let's just put it this way. Is it ever an attractive person that goes out and just randomly exposes themselves? Also, Halloween pranks turn tragic as a kid throws eggs at cars passing by, and one of the cars was a brand new Mercedes. Well, the driver of the Mercedes didn't really appreciate having eggs thrown at his car, so he opened fire, uh, shooting the kid 10 times. You might say, well, gee, that's kind of a morbid story for a year in review kind of show. Well, in a sense, it definitely is, but it also prompted a very interesting set of questions and a rant as to why anyone would commit such pranks in the first place, why people are so prank-happy in this country, why people do things to agitate other people. I've never understood that. Why you put bumper stickers on your car, for example, why are people so interested in just getting themselves involved and in pushing their agenda and pushing their lives on other people? It just uh, sort of prompted that kind of a response. Just a couple of months ago, I had a job interview in Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, well, maybe in retrospect, it's probably good that I didn't get the job and that I didn't move there, especially when we read some of the crazy criminal stories that come out of that city, some of the nutbags that live there. Like, for example... A guy that breaks into a veterinary clinic, decides he's going to take some of the tranquilizers, eats some of the food from the staff refrigerator, then starts watching porn. After that, the story gets really weird. We'll revisit that episode. And then there's my hero of the year for 2010. And I don't use that term loosely or sarcastically at all. This guy is the man. Picture this. A man wearing only his underwear is suddenly the victim of a home invasion when three men with guns burst in and try to take over the place. Well, yeah, generally speaking, three guys with guns versus an unarmed man in his underwear, guys with guns win. Well, not this time. This guy not only escaped with his life, but he actually chased the attackers away and escaped relatively unharmed, all things considered. It is an incredible story. You'll want to stick around for that if you missed it earlier this year. Also, on this edition of the program, we take a look back at a guy that has a most unusual profession. I'm sure you've heard about ghost hunters before. People that go to allegedly haunted houses, they try and set up their equipment, they listen for strange noises or look for apparitions, they try to chase down haunted spirits that may live someplace or another. 
Well, this particular person made a living out of chasing down a legendary ghost train only to have a very ironic ending of his life. And anyone that listens to this show knows that I love crazy 911 calls. The crazier, the better. And when I say crazy, I don't necessarily mean high crimes or really drama filled. I mean nutty people that call 911 for the most bizarre reasons. Like, of course, we always talk about my favorite story about the woman that called 911 because she couldn't get the hamburger that she wanted at a particular drive through restaurant. That was classic. But this year we had an equally interesting 911 call. You won't believe what happens when a 10-year-old calls 911 because... Well, he's dissatisfied with the dinner he got from his dad. Of course, complete with an unusually accented person at a crappy quality 911 call. You know, that's the one thing I always ask is, how come I can record this podcast and it sounds great? Other people can do high quality professional broadcasts on the internet. At least they sound like they're in good quality. And then 911, it always sounds like it's it's a recording from... 1924. It almost sounds like the original broadcast from KDKA, like the very first radio station that ever came on the air. I don't understand that, but it's a weird phenomenon to say the least. And speaking of pet peeves and bad broadcasts, so this year's NFL draft was finally put onto prime time. And I loosely talk about it, but it's more a rant about radio stations, specifically sports talk radio stations, that feel they have to do mock drafts on the radio. A concept I never understood. And of course, it also leads into a discussion about Tim Tebow because everybody everywhere had an opinion about Tim Tebow and how he'd be just a complete flop and failure in the NFL. But in this first segment of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show, it's a story about a woman that has a problem that probably many other women would love to have, and certainly any man that was with a woman like that would also love to have. She suffers from a condition where she has to have sex 10 times a day in order to be satisfied. It's every guy's fantasy, and yet somehow this woman finds herself single, which of course prompts the question that I just asked a few minutes ago, and that is, wonder what the woman looks like. I know it's kind of shallow, but you got to ask, right? But first up, you know that I love stories about strange or frivolous lawsuits. And I think this falls into the category of both. A guy in Tennessee is going to sue his employer because he wants Sundays off and feels that it's a violation of his equal employment opportunity rights because he is citing religious reasons. Of course, as we go through the story, a lot of speculation comes up as to why someone might want to take Sundays off. And I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a good religious reason, except for maybe the religion of wanting to watch football or the religion of wanting to put your feet up or the religion of, hey, I just need a day to drink beer and hang out. I don't know. Judge for yourself. Find out right now. It is first up right here on the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show 2010 Year in Review. There's a guy that is filing a lawsuit in Tennessee. He's going to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And he's this guy, uh, Mark Bowler is the employee he submitted two written requests for a single religious accommodation uh he didn't want to be scheduled to work on sundays in morristown tennessee in this store that's located in morristown tennessee it's a lowe's he works at a lowe's all right and they denied his request because a human resources official said that it might create a hardship for other employees who would like to have Sundays off. Bowler lost his full-time status and was reduced to part-time work. Now, Bowler began working at Lowe's in 2002. He was baptized in July 2006 and the following year made a request for a religious accommodation according to the lawsuit. The EEOC asked the court to order Lowe's to reinstate Bowler's full-time status and accommodate his request for Sundays off. The EEOC also wants to uh, wants the company to provide back pay, compensatory, and punitive damages. Wow. 
So you mean to tell me that all I would have ever had to do was just walk into the employer and say, hey, look, man, uh, if I wanted to watch football on Sundays, for example, all I would have to go in there and say is, uh, look, man, I'm Mormon and I don't believe in working on Sunday. I'm sorry. Or I just don't. uh, Sunday is the Sabbath for me. I'm sorry. I just uh, that's the Lord's day, dude. You know, uh, I can't go in. I'm sorry. I can't go in today. It's the Lord's day. Not to mention uh, the Vikings game is on. I I can't uh, can't do it. I'm I'm sorry, but the EEOC is actually entertaining this. I mean, I had a, a legitimate complaint with the EEOC, and they told me to go pound sand. But they're gonna they're gonna listen to this crap. Uh, I'm sorry, man. My religious fulfillments won't allow me to work on Sunday. You know, um, I'm sorry, but that's TS. Our store is open on Sunday, and until that changes, you better come in on Sunday if we schedule you on Sunday. I'm not trying to be religiously insensitive here. I, I get it. I understand you might have your faith, but at the end of the day. Um, if you are a guy that is going to work at a store that's open 24 seven or is open at least seven days a week, maybe not 24 hours a day, but it's open seven days a week. Uh, you might have to make that declaration known when you go in there saying, well, uh, don't, I don't want to work on Sunday and then watch as the interviewer tears up your application and throws it in the trash and says, well, sorry, then we don't really have much use for you. If we gave days off to everybody that wanted them and uh, even if they used their religion as their excuse uh, we wouldn't be able to have a store open very much you know I'll come in on Monday at 345 in the afternoon that's cool Lowe's announcing its new exciting hours of uh, operation from Mondays at 345 p.m. to Mondays at 430 p.m. get your job done now I realize we have um you can't discriminate based on religion, but there comes a point where a guy just has to take some responsibility and say, well, I realize that, you know, I do have this religious obligation and, and somehow all of a sudden, and I like how from uh, 2002 to 2006, he had no problem working on Sunday, but then he got baptized and all of a sudden now he's like, hey, you know, I might be able to work this BS into a full-time racket. See, to me, I value people's religion. I know you're going to say that I don't, but I really do. I do value somebody's religion. But when it comes to a business and when it comes to if you applied for a job at Place X and you worked on Sundays previously and now all of a sudden you have a problem, you conscientiously object to working on Sundays, you find it to be a problem. Well, you should have probably voiced that sooner. And uh, if you don't like it and they decide to cut back your hours, well, then here's what I suggest you do. Uh, Find a job where you can work Monday through Friday. And I know in this economy, that's saying a lot. It's hard to find a job anyway. But you're going to probably just have to go out and suck it up then and either work on Sunday. And I'm sure God will forgive you. I'm pretty sure Jesus is going to be forgiving enough to let you go in on Sunday. After all, uh, according to some that I've talked to, Jesus would even forgive Hitler if he repented. If he was truly sorry for what he did, according to what I'm told uh, by people who have a lot more, um, a lot more theology than I, um, Jesus. If Jesus would be willing to forgive Hitler, he'll probably forgive you for working on Sunday. I know. I know. You can go ahead and call me religiously insensitive. I'm just saying that uh, this sounds like more just an excuse to get out working on Sundays. Hey, man, I don't want to work on Sunday. It's football season. Well, it's not now, but it will be. You know, come September, I'm going to want to watch those games. Believe me, I understand. I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. But, you know, let's cut the BS here. Let's just say I want to have Sundays off so I can watch football. Or I just want to have Sundays off because I want to just put my feet up. You know, I just want to chill out. Hey, if I was working there, I would I would say the same BS. I'd be like, wait a minute. He gets Sundays off. I, I want him off, too. Why? Uh, religion. Yeah, God. Yeah, you know, I, I found him. Where? Well, you know, uh, I was eating alphabet soup and and the, the, the G-O-D came up. Sure they did, Groff. Get back to work. You know what? No. Hey, equal protection under the law. I got my First Amendment. The religion of Groff says I don't have to work on Sunday and... I get overtime after three hours because that's what my Bible says. Thank you. All right. Well, there you go. That's today's ridiculous lawsuit of the day. Yeah. 
This can't even be real. Because well, where I never find this type of person. Uh, Amanda Flowers is a catering worker in Manchester. All right. Now, guys, uh, we should point out uh, she is single. And uh, dig this. She needs 10 sex sessions a day. This is uh, she found this out after a fall from her Wii Fit board, which turned her into a sex addict. Even the slightest of vibrations from mobile phones to food processors turns her on, reports the Daily Star. She said, quote, it began as a twinge down below before surging through my body. Sometimes it built up into a trembling orgasm. A doctor diagnosed her with persistent sexual arousal syndrome due to a damaged nerve. Single Amanda, 24, from Harper Hay, said, quote, With no cure, I just have to try to control my passion by breathing deeply. Hopefully one day I'll find a super stud who can satisfy me. That doesn't sound like a medical issue to me. I'm sorry. That, that doesn't sound like a problem. That sounds great. Of course, if you were with somebody like that, it would be hard to satisfy her. Um, let me just say for the record, um, I'm available. All right. Uh, I haven't, you know, listen, it's been uh, it's been like 289 days for me. So I am I'm totally available and uh, would uh, happily, uh, you know, happily, happily come on over there um, 10 times. Well. Hey, listen, uh, there was a time in my life where I did it 12 times in a day. And uh, after that, my, my back, I was almost paralyzed and uh, I couldn't move for a couple of days. But, you know, listen, uh, I'm willing to try it out. I'm just throwing my, uh, throwing my hat into the ring right now. I mean, 10 times a day, that, I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. 10 sex sessions a day. This is like, this is a dream girl. Of course, you know. Here's the problem. And I don't have a picture of her to know this for sure, but I, I bet. See, there's a very good possibility that this woman looks like, well, she probably looks like a, a cross between, I don't know, Rosie O'Donnell and a wildebeest. Yes, between Rosie O'Donnell and a wildebeest. Well, that's very possible. So, I mean, you, you have to be careful what you wish for. But, you know, if you're even relatively, if you're even somewhat attractive, uh, I'm there. I'm down. Uh, how, how much you want to bet that this woman has had to change her number at least 10 times since this story? And her name is in the story. We're going to look her up. Let's look her up right now. Let's get this woman on the phone. Man, the slightest vibration. Here, it's a, hey, honey. Okay, just uh, you're on the phone, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, here. Just put the phone down there, all right? Just do that. It'll work out perfect. All right. That's the... Uh, that's the creepy story of the day. That's interesting. There's a whole lot of things that I will forgive, but I just can't take a liar. I was by his side till the very end, so you pushed me in the fire. You're listening to The Michael Groff Show 2010 Year in Review. Nothing is wrong. You won't look in my eyes. Tell me what's going on. can't believe I got through this entire broadcast without doing a mock draft. Thank God. You know, it's it's the NFL is here. The draft, the first round of the draft is tonight. It's in primetime. It's going on right now, as a matter of fact, as I'm doing this podcast. And you know, on radio stations all across the country, on sports radio stations, hack radio hosts are doing a mock draft on the radio. God, there is nothing worse. There is no worse radio than that. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's it's something like this. The the host they'll they'll have like, you know, thirty-two callers who call up and, and pretend to be the general manager of a given team, the corresponding team. So like for example, the St. Louis Rams, you know, they uh Bill and Avondale, you're our uh St. Louis Ram GM. 
uh, what's your first pick? And then the guy gets on the phone and, you know, he acts like a commissioner. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, with my first pick, I would like to take Sam Bradford from the uh, University of Oklahoma. And that's how they do it. And and they do a mock draft of like callers on the and it's the worst radio. You just want to talk about the NBA playoffs or Major League Baseball or something else pertaining to the draft. But no, you have to hear a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people who are just like anybody else. They're just calling up and giving their pick for their respective team. It's just bad radio. It's it's thank God, man. I I would I would have to go home and put a gun in my mouth if I had to do that kind of radio. If, if a program director came to me and said, all right, we're going to do our mock draft, man. Are you all set to do it? I'd be like, yeah, right after I do this entire bottle of Vicodin. I'll be sure to do that. God, that is some horrible. I mean, you want to gouge your ears out with a toothpick after you hear that stuff. It's really boring. And I know it's, you know, listen, I don't mind talking about the NFL draft. Although personally, I don't even really like to talk about it. I, I never watch the NFL draft because... Really, only about half the picks in the first round ever amount to anything at all, and only a few of them are actually really good. So, uh, sitting there and speculating about it, well, and then, you know, all the talk about Tim Tebow, I've never heard so many people comment on Tim Tebow in my life. You know, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy mainly because everybody else thinks he's going to suck. So I hope he comes into the league and I hope he's great. I have a feeling he probably won't be, but I really hope he is. The guy was a winner on the college level. All he did his entire college career was win. And and they said, well, uh, he's he's just not going to be uh, NFL savvy. I mean, he just doesn't run. He won't be able to run the same kind of offenses that you have in the NFL. God, I hope that they that he proves them all wrong. Seems like a, a really genuine person. I mean, he's not uh, he's not like Leonard Little who uh, killed two people drunk driving. And I don't have to say allegedly, he, he was drunk driving, he got an accident, he killed somebody, and then he did it again. I love how the media guys, they all want to, they, they all rip guys like Tim Tebow who are actually doing it the right way. The guy gives maximum effort all the time. He's a great story. And then they turn around and they prop up guys like Leonard Little and that guy from the Patriots that, uh, you know, he was another guy that got into a, a, a car wreck, a DUI. I mean, you have all these, uh, don't get it. You know, they'll talk about how great Tiger Woods is, build him up, and then they go after him. Man, this is a good story. Can't you just leave it at that? Why do you have to go out there and you, you, you have to assassinate the guy's uh, abilities? Meanwhile, all he did on every level that he's played at so far is win. Listen, if he comes into the NFL and he sucks, okay, fine. You can come on the air and you can gloat about how you were you knew all the time he was he, he was going to suck. If that makes you feel good, then do it. But I don't know, why not let the guy have at least an opportunity to prove whether or not he's going to suck? I mean, everybody foretelling, oh, he's going to be terrible. He's, yeah, I mean, he, there's just no way he's ever going to... I don't know how anybody could waste a first or a second round draft pick on this guy. Mr. Commissioner, uh, with the 29th pick, uh, we're selecting Tim Tebow. Are you insane? I mean, that's the kind of radio you're hearing today. <sighs> so bad. It's, it's bad radio. Sorry, but it is. When Jacksonville police arrived to investigate a burglary at Bonnie Brook Veterinary Clinic Tuesday morning, what they found was a surprise. An 18-year-old man was sleeping soundly under a blanket at the clinic's break room. Nearby were two syringes, evidence that he'd injected himself with xylazine, which is a drug used by vets as a sedative for large animals, according to veterinary assistant Leanne Moody. She reported the break-in to police. It appeared the man had made himself at home, she said, sampling food from the office refrigerator and watching TV. Quote, he took one of our laptops and was watching porn and taking pictures with our camera, Moody said. Oh, and this, now this is the part where the story really gets weird. Quote, the laptop was closed at first and went, and we thought maybe he had been looking up how to take the drugs. But then 
We opened it, and, well, that's not what he was doing. Roman Angel Salinas of Hannyville was in the Jacksonville City Jail Tuesday afternoon charged with burglary. Police Chief Tommy Thompson said Salinas was still drowsy at mid-afternoon from the drug. Moody said that uh, she wasn't sure how the man got into the building. Quote, there was a busted window and door, but the door was still locked. She says, the only way I knew someone broke in after I walked in. I noticed drawers open and um, they were rummaged through. Our drug room door had been pulled open. Using the drug could have potentially been deadly, Moody said. It's not known how much of it was actually used. Quote, it could have made his heart stop. I don't think he knew that. Luckily, it just knocked him out and made him go to sleep. Officers had to shake Salinas awake. He was being held in the jail with uh, no bond Tuesday afternoon. Police were waiting for him to rouse fully, Thompson said. He apparently had broken in, taken horse tranquilizer, watched porn, ate some food, masturbated, and then went to sleep. It's amazing the lengths guys will go to to watch porn and to get off. It's it's weird. You know, women don't have nearly that kind of drive. <laughs> they just, generally speaking, women just don't commit these kind of... This is a guy crime. If you make me an odds maker, this is 100 to 1. This is going to be a guy that commits this kind of crime. Name the last time you've ever heard a story about a woman, a woman breaking into a veterinary clinic, stealing horse tranquilizer, shooting herself up with it, eating some food, watching porn masturbating and then dozing off obviously i clearly the guy wasn't thinking i mean he was thinking with his ween i mean we know this we all know that after you masturbate you kind of feel stupid afterwards or you kind of you feel like oh well i don't know that just i don't know if it was really worth it because you know if you ever watch a lot of porn if, if you're one of those guys that you have to do a whole setup this is why another reason why i don't you know generally watch that much porn it's because it's just it's too much of a setup you know you sit there and you you have to set it up, you go to a website, or you have to load in a DVD or whatever you're going to do, and then you get to a part that you like, and then you're like, okay, and then you have to go and, and get something to clean up with, generally speaking, and and you're like, okay, now I have to position myself right, and I have to make sure nobody's around, you know, if, if you live with somebody or if you don't, you're like, oh, I don't want to sit in front of an open window and do this, I got to have my, my own space to do it, and and then like afterwards, you, it's like, I, I went through like all this setup for just a few seconds of pleasure and now i feel really stupid because I, i've got porn in front of me now and like after you're done you have no interest in the porn i mean there's there's absolutely no interest whatsoever and so you feel like well you feel like a complete jackass what was this guy after he finished what do you suppose this guy was thinking well that's probably why he took the damn drugs so then he really wouldn't care that would be the only motivation i would think to do that but then don't you think maybe, well, obviously not thinking, but wouldn't you think maybe, gee, it probably wouldn't be a good idea for me to doze off in here because if I do, uh, I'll, I could fall asleep for too long and then somebody will come in the next morning and they'll see that I'm in here and, you know, I'll be covered in, in my own, you know, in my own man goo and they're going to walk in and, and see that I'd been doing uh, whatever it was, xylazine. Xy and that I was watching porn and oh yeah and, and worse yet you know I could have potentially killed myself this is the ironic story here you go here's uh, here's a little ironic story for you this ghost hunter he was looking for the legendary ghost train in Iredell County one of these uh, ghost hunter guys, you know, the, the type, they're out there, they're looking for haunted houses, they're looking for the, uh, the mysterious stuff, you know, ghost train. Well, um, unfortunately, this guy will be chasing them no more because he was hit by a real train and killed early Friday morning. <laughs> the incident happened on a train trestle at 2.45 a.m., near the 900 block of Buffalo Shoals Road. Robin Chapman, a spokesman for Norfolk Southern Railroad, said that the eastbound train <laughs> consisted of three locomotives and no freight cars. 
The train was rounding a curve and approaching a trestle over Boston Creek uh, just prior to Buffalo Shoals Road when it struck a man on the trestle, Chapman said. Christopher Kaiser, 29, died at the scene and two more people were injured, according to Iredell County Sheriff Philip Redman. Kaiser's body was found below the, uh, the trestle on a steep incline. The injured patients were, of course, airlifted to a local hospital. Quote, during the investigation, witnesses told deputies they were at the site uh, in hopes of seeing a ghost train. The sheriff said the incident, can you imagine? Can you imagine you're one of these, you're, you're out there, you're one of these nuts. You're out there at three o'clock in the morning chasing down ghosts. I'm going to find me a ghost train. I mean, really? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to get one of those, another one of those angry people calling. But see, this always brings back the, the old, the age old question we've asked time and time again. We've done best of shows on this topic. We've had best of how do you get hit by a train? How does that happen? How is it that you get hit by a train? It, it is impossible. Only the incredibly stupid or suicidal get hit by a train. It's not like you can't see and hear and feel the thing coming. It's a friggin' train. How do you get hit by a train? Obviously, this guy did because he, was, he thought it was a ghost train. It's a ghost train. No, I'm sorry, sir. It's not. You lose. <laughs> Sorry, sir. It's a ghost train. Thank. We have. It's not really a ghost train. No, we. Uh, we have some nice parting gifts for you. All I can think about is is these guys. These are the kind of guys that would. Uh, when I was a kid, they would always be on like unsolved mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Tonight on unsolved mysteries, a loony bin chases down a ghost train and is ironically killed by a real train. What if he was killed? What if it was a ghost train that killed him? Oh, hey, I'm a ghost train. I'm going to run y'all over. Oh, no. Like, you see a train flying down the tracks. Even if you're chasing a ghost train, why would you stand in front of it? Just in case something happens. We just want to thank this guy for participating in um, in life. We have a nice parting Darwin Award for you. Here it comes. Another fabulous ghost train. <laughs> Some nutball in Massachusetts. Come on down. And your gaggle of idiot friends. Come on down on the track. You are the first four people of the year to receive the Darwin Award. And now, here's your host for the Darwin Award ceremony, Michael Groth, everybody. Which piece of this guy's body should I give to the Darwin Award to? I know people are gonna get they're gonna get angry. Gonna, you know, you shouldn't make fun of people that get hit by a train. This is a tragedy. This is just a another ghost hunter. He was just out there. He was look you are the most insipid. We gotta find that clip of that that nut that nutball. Years ago, let me tell you the, the little story about this show. For those of you new listeners to the show, years ago. Um, I, I did a story one night about a woman that got hit by a train. Uh, it was in the Washington, D.C. area. This woman, uh, she was walking near the train tracks and she was texting at the same time. Okay, it's one of these women, you know, that uh, it, people do this all the time. They don't pay attention to where they're going. They're texting while they're walk, walking. They're texting while they're driving. And this woman was doing just that. She was, she was, she was a deaf woman walking along the train tracks and she gets hit by the train, lo and behold. And of course, she's dead. Young woman, they think she was a model or something, but she was deaf. 
My point on the show that I made uh, one night was uh, how the hell, again, it's the same old point, how the hell do you get hit by a train? You have to be incredibly stupid. If you're down a sense, in other words, if you're deaf or you're blind, you need to use your other senses and, and be cognizant of your surroundings. You shouldn't be on the phone texting somebody. And this woman was, and then she was hit by a train. And uh, some woman, some nutbag, hears that, like on a best of show. And she calls our rant line that we used to have. And she leaves this, this uh, just in, this insane message. How, how can you do, how can you be so insensitive? You are the most insipid, insensitive, heartless. And this woman, you know, she was just, she was a young woman. I knew this woman. She was so mad at me. And like, she sort of glosses over the main point. She goes, you know, maybe she shouldn't have been on the phone texting, but you know, that doesn't give you any, it's like, maybe she shouldn't have been on the phone texting. No, that's the entire point of the discussion. But for woman being on the phone texting, train wouldn't have hit her. Because she would have had her eyes looking forward and she would have seen a friggin' uh, 600 ton, whatever. She would have seen this multi hundred ton plowing 70 mile an hour train flying at her. And she, and who walks right next to the train tracks? <laughs> I know. I'm going to be a deaf woman and I'm going to walk right next to the train tracks. In fact, so close that if the train comes by, it will hit me. And I'm not going to be paying attention to where I'm walking. Instead, I'm going to send text messages. And I was the bad guy. Just like this guy. Like this guy, he's on a ghost train. Or he's looking for a ghost train. Can you believe this, people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the human race right here. Why haven't we been to Mars yet? I don't know. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. 2010 Year in Review. so much for joining us and welcome back it is the zip code famous michael graff show 2010 year in review part two yes more of the craziness the wackiness the unusual stuff the rants and everything else that we found that we just felt was worthy of recycling if you will once again as we go through the best of the best from the year 2010 here on the program Contact information for the show, as always, mike at kmgx.com. That is our email address. It is mike at kmgx.com. That's also our PayPal address for you to donate to our fine program. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Groff Show. And, uh, of course, everything else Michael Groff related found at the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. All right, back to more of my favorite part of the show, and that's me. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show 2010 Year in Review. This is a cool story. Home invasions are still a big problem. Obviously, you never know when somebody that knocks on your door has ill intent or somebody's just going to kick the door open, come in there, and potentially take you at knife point or gunpoint. Usually it's guns. People aren't usually dumb enough to break into a house without one, but it does happen. So this is a great story about 
three guys that tried a home invasion, three armed men that tried a home invasion against one man that was unarmed, and guess who won? Well, the story comes from where else but Oklahoma, where a Tulsa homeowner fought back uh, during an armed home invasion Saturday morning, leaving one robber with several fingers blown off. Police said two men, one white, one black, kicked in the door of a home at the 400 block of 106th East Avenue around 7 a.m. The homeowner, Larry Ryan, said the bandits yelled, give me the money, as they pointed their guns directly at his head. Ryan, 59, said that he immediately grabbed for one of the weapons and uh, a struggle then ensued. Wearing only underwear, Ryan battled the robber to the front porch where he fell to the ground. While being pistol whipped by the second gunman, Ryan was able to pin the first assailant to the ground, he said. The gun that he was struggling for fired, shooting off two of the robber's fingers. Ryan said that he then took the gun, placed it behind the man's head, and pulled the trigger. Quote, it didn't discharge, Ryan said. I was going to kill him. A third man who was driving the uh, supposed getaway car uh, then uh, ran toward the struggle with his gun drawn, but retreated when Ryan brandished the weapon he had taken. Ryan said that he then fired five shots and believes that he may have hit the man, too. Police said that they found uh, bullet holes in two houses across the street, most likely from the shots fired by Ryan. Ryan was holding down the wounded man when officers arrived. Both were taken to area hospitals for treatment. Uh, Bobby Lewis, 23, was later arrested on uh, complaints of assault with a deadly weapon, knowingly concealing stolen property, robbery with a firearm, and first-degree burglary, uh, said Captain Rick Helberg. Tulsa Police Captain Scott Anderson said that the other robbers fled in a 1980s model white car, probably a Pontiac Grand Am. The homeowner did not know the assailants, Anderson said. Quote, Some people have that fighting spirit in them, some don't. It's not the safe thing to do to tell someone to fight back like that, but I can't blame people for doing it. It's completely their right. Ryan was taken to St. John Medical Center, uh, where he received staples in the back of his head and stitches in his forearm and ear. The two gunmen were still at large Saturday evening, and of course anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers 596 COPS. A guy, an unarmed guy, fought against three dudes with guns and one. And two of them ran off, and one guy is now missing some digits. That is an awesome story. That is a great story. Now, me, I I am a gun owner. I uh, I have a uh, Remington 870 shotgun for just such an occasion. We've had some robberies uh, in my neighborhood where I live, so uh, I like to I like to keep things uh, kind of secure for myself. But some people aren't like that. Some people, you know, they they're not armed and. Some people just have guts. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't do it if a guy, if I was unarmed and a guy just kicked open my door and I was standing there completely unprepared and they were pointing a gun at me saying, give me the money. I'd be like, all right, here you go, man. Anything else I can get for you? Hey, man, you want me to heat you up something? Got some leftovers in the fridge. Do you like a beer? Want to watch the game? Just hang out for a while? What can I get you? You need need the phone? Want to make a call? What can I do to make your stay here more comfortable, sir? See, I'd do that. I mean, if I had my gun, it'd be a completely different story, but I'm not going to be the kind of guy. What? I'm going to be like a ninja. I'm going to go and try and fight guys with guns. This guy, he didn't have anything on. He just had his underwear. It's very manly. I know I couldn't do that. But the difference is I'm admitting it. I'm telling you I couldn't do it. Hello, hello, baby. You called. I can't hear a thing. I have got no service in the club. You say, say. I love stupid 911 calls. We've played many, of course. My favorite 911 call of all time is the woman that calls because um, they didn't get her hamburger right. I, I love the stupid 911 calls are the best. Uh, but here's one. This this one takes the cake. So a 10-year-old kid calls 911 after his dad basically tells him to. He com- The kid complains about his dinner. 
And the dad says, well, what are you going to do? Call 911. So the kid picks up the phone. He calls 911. Then he doesn't really say anything. He hangs up. So 911 calls back. And um, here's, we, are, we actually have the call. This is pretty funny. So here is the father uh, talking to the 911 operator. This is actually kind of funny. And again, just keep in mind that real emergencies are happening someplace and people can't get through because 911 operators are busy taking calls. Well, like this one. Hello? Hi, this is Buffalo Gulf Police. We received the 911 call. Is there a problem there? By the way, before I continue with this, can't uh, I record this podcast from my own home studio? And we uploaded, and, and the quality is very good on this. It's 128 kilobits sound, which you know is just fine. I mean, it, it, my voice sounds fine. Everything sounds fine. You can understand what I'm saying and the quality of this show. Emergency calls to 911. You can't. You can barely understand. We can send a guy to the moon, but we can't have halfway decent quality audio for a 911 call. So if you can't follow this, uh, I'll, I'll interpret as well, but I think you can follow, hopefully. No problem. My son called 911. I told him to call 911. He misbehaved in front of me, and I told him, call them, let them come over here and see who's right. And he called 911. Right. So if you really want to come, you're welcome to All right. come. What address are you at, sir? What was the uh, disagreement about tonight? Well, he had to eat supper, mm-hmm. yes. and then uh, they misbehaved generally, and I said that they have to eat, and then he's talking bad to me because uh, that, I don't know, is something that generally with these kids that they have to talk back and they have to have their attitude. And uh, you, Doesn't this guy, by the way, doesn't he, this guy sound like he belongs at a NAMBLA meeting? Hello, this is NAMBLA, the North American Man-Boy Love Association. In New York, the racial algebra chapter meets on the third Saturday of the month. have to have my attitude in front of them because I'm the boss of the house. They yes. have to listen to us. Okay. And at that point, I said, you know what, call 911 if you think <laughs> that you have a disagreement with me and you're right. And we call 911. It's a good thing to teach your kids, by the way. If you disagree with me, call, call the police. <laughs> call, call 911. Call an emergency number if you don't like your supper, if you don't like what you're being fed. It's a good message. No, you, now you come back and finish eating right now. What's the kid's name, Rahim? Where is he at right now? Uh, no, he left to his room. He went, he went in his room? Yeah, he went to his room. Yes, sir. Okay. Right. So he it's just uh, feels ashamed. He thinks that is just a joke. This nine one one. Rashim. I'm telling him that is not a joke. Okay. And we have to we have to impose some rules in the house, and they have to follow the rules. Yes, like so. You're telling him nine one one is not a joke. So if he disagrees with your dinner, call nine one one. They they take it too easy, and they think that they are in control. All the kids. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have the officer come over and talk to both of you. If anything changes before the officer arrives, call us back at 911 so I can update the officer, okay? That's okay. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Right. You're welcome. So the, there's, there was an officer that was dispatched over there. They, they actually dispatched an officer to handle uh, a, a disagreement between a father and a 10-year-old kid over the dinner. I'm just saying that people have problems. A lot of good parents that we're talking about tonight on the uh, on the podcast here. We got one that, you know, kid comes to her and she goes, you know, I was raped, mom. And the mom's like, yeah, whatever. And then so she has to go post it on Facebook. Another guy is encouraging his kid to call 911 because, you know, they had, they, he doesn't like his dinner. There's more on this story, by the way. When the Buffalo Grove Police Department officer was dispatched to the Crystalstein or Crystal Teen residence, the child noted uh, uh, that his dinner, quote, was edible, but that he wanted something more to his liking. I wish I would have called 911 every time I got crap for dinner as a kid. Mom, we're having meatloaf again? All right, I'm calling 911. Ma'am, you really need to feed your kids something other than meatloaf. You know what? Meatloaf is just fine. You don't like it? You call 911. 
right now. Oh, jeepers creepers. Now you want to you want to have a disagreement here? You call nine one one. Yeah, I just hear my mom right now saying that. My dad. Yeah, I don't like it. Call nine one one, kid. What are you gonna do? Anyway, they say yes. We are a full service police department. Little little cop humor. Meanwhile. That cop, you know, he gets shot at every... I mean, I'm, I guess he's probably glad just to go to a house where, you know, he's just like, eh, you know, the father and son are disagreeing about dinner. He's probably okay with that, except then he does realize that probably, meanwhile, on the other side of, of town, somebody just got shot seven times. And maybe he could have been there to prevent it. But instead, he's over there because uh, some some guy, some father of the year decides to tell his kid, you know what, you're done to lie, go call 911. I love stupid 911 calls. Those are the, and the ones where people have really bad accents, those are especially good. Those are always my favorite. It's great. 911, to me, there's nothing better than a good 911 uh, call like that. Maybe uh, in the break, maybe I ought to dig up the, uh, my favorite one. I ought to dig up the one where uh, the woman calls about her Western burger not being right. And of course, that one was in California. I don't know where this one. Where's Buffalo Grove? A 39-year-old woman faces charges that she twice exposed herself at major intersections over the last 10 days. An arrest warrant issued Friday states that Lynette Mary Layton, whose address was unknown, stood naked in front of a man and... uh, also passing traffic at Glenwood Avenue and Lead Mine Road. Yes, folks, this comes to us from no place else but North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm not even going to play the banjos. This story isn't even worth the banjos. Raleigh police arrest records show that uh, Layton was also charged with indecent exposure... (laughs) Uh, an incident at uh, Wake Forest and Six Forks Roads on October 19th. So this woman is trying for the trifecta. She's already been arrested once. This is the second time she's been out there exposing herself. So all she has to do is one more time. Layton was charged with indecent exposure in the Friday incident and uh, placed in the Wake County Jail under a $500 secured bond. So you have to love when a woman goes out and exposes herself. Now, of course, why would I even bring this story up? Well, because number one, it's unusual that a woman is going out and doing this sort of thing. So now the next question you have to ask yourself is next question you have to ask yourself is, is the woman hot? Well, I happen to have a picture I'm, I'm looking at right now in front of me about this woman. And the answer is, of course, hell no. Guys that go out and expose themselves, it's never a guy that you want to see. And of course, it's never a guy that should be exposing themselves because they've got, you know, they, they just have really small penises. It, yeah, guys with great big ones. See, those are the guys, those are the people that should be running out and exposing themselves. You know, if you're walking around with like, you know, you, you got a big old fire hose in your pants maybe you ought to go out and show that off. I mean, why not? I'm sure most people would would stop to admire it. I'm sure it'd be okay. But of course, when a guy goes out and exposes himself, he's always the creepiest looking guy ever. And of course, immediately somebody will point him out and say, oh yeah, that's that guy looks like a pedophile or that guy looks like the kind of guy that would expose himself in front of an elementary school or whatever the case. And in this particular instance, it's a woman that's exposing herself, but she looks, this uh, homely does not describe it. If you saw this woman, you would say immediately either A, drug addict, B, nuts, or C, is the type of person that would do something insane like expose herself, which sort of falls into the nuts category. But see, that's a different kind of nuts. Totally insane. And more of the Michael Groff Show's stupid news file. Hey, why not? Uh, This comes from Atlanta. This is not just stupid news, but kind of tragic and I want to, first of all, I'm going to preface this story by saying I don't condone this type of behavior. So I don't think the perpetrator of this particular crime was in the right. However, I understand why they did it. 
Atlanta police say that uh, a Halloween prank may have cost a teenager his life. Police said that the incident began Sunday night at about 8 p.m. at the intersection of Joseph E. Boone Boulevard and Joseph E. Lowry Boulevard. I'll stop right there. How stupid is that? I thought Jacksonville had stupid names for their streets. This, can you imagine you're, you're in a city and that's got to be confusing. There's a Joseph E. Boone Boulevard and a Joseph E. Lowry Boulevard. It's probably a Joseph E. Smith Boulevard, a Joseph E. Benson Boulevard, all these other things. Anyway, police said that a teen threw an egg at someone's car and the driver drove away. But then they say that the driver that he returned to the scene with a gun. Quote, it appears the victim in this case was standing at an intersection when the suspect approached him, produced a handgun and discharged the weapon at least 10 times striking the victim, said Major Ken Meadows of the Atlanta Police Department. The Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office identified the victim as 17-year-old Tavares Irving of Union City. Irving's aunt, Marika Cloud, told Channel 2's Tom Jones that she didn't think Irving was even behind the, uh, the prank. Quote, he didn't throw the eggs. Someone else threw the eggs, she told Jones. For years, that's been the biggest prank. When you get too old for... Uh, for candy, you throw eggs. And now, it's guns. So anyway, that's uh, sort of what happened. They believe that the suspect, uh, the guy uh, that shot him, the shooter, was a black male in his late teens or early 20s wearing, wearing a red M&M jacket. Police said that the gunman was driving a gold four-door Mercedes with a red... A temporary tag. Now, I just want to say something. It's a very tragic story. It's a terrible thing, and that is very unfortunate that that would happen. However, I can understand why a guy who just had a, an egg thrown at his car would react in that way. Again, I don't condone it. It is totally wrong. I would never do something like that myself. But how stupid do you have to be to throw an egg at someone's car, especially in, in today's society? I don't know. People are insane. If you even look at someone cockeyed, you're likely to get shot. This guy got shot 10 times because he threw an egg at someone's car. And maybe it wasn't even this guy that threw the egg in the first place. Telling you, man, people are absolutely insane. And you threw, I'm t if I was driving around in a Mercedes and someone threw an egg at my Mercedes, I might shoot him as well. So weird. I had a conversation about this. Uh, the other day, and and I said, you know, uh, if someone egged my house, if if someone started throwing eggs at my house, I'm liable to run out with my shotgun. Yeah, I might not shoot them, but the fact that I'd even run out there with my shotgun in the first place, I know that they would get the hell out of there, and they would never egg somebody's house again. See, I wouldn't even have to shoot them. They would know never to throw an egg at someone's house again because the next time you do it, uh, someone might just very well, you might get shot, you might get plunked. So again, I don't condone this action. I, I can't say it enough. I think it's wrong, and I hope that the guy that uh, shot this kid gets caught, and I hope that he goes to jail and gets sodomized, okay? Let me just make it very clear that it is wrong. But I can understand the frustration. Shouldn't shoot him, but I, I'm just telling you. I certainly can understand the frustration. You can't do that, man. You know, nowadays, you can't even... I see all these political bumper stickers, and I laugh at them all the time. I, I love political bumper stickers. I love looking at them. I love reading them. I love uh, the political shirts and, and all this other stuff. And uh, It's all great, except the, the one thing is, is if I owned a car, if I had the ability to drive and I owned a car, the last thing I would ever do is put a bumper sticker on it. Because I'm telling you right now, if you put a bumper sticker on your car, you're just encouraging someone to key it, to shoot it, to somehow have some type of aggravation with you and engage in some sort of a road rage session or a rage session at a parking lot or anywhere else. You are just really asking for trouble if you start slapping bumper stickers on your car. And I don't even care what the bumper sticker says. I don't care if it says free love or peace and love or, or uh, I don't care what it is. You put a bumper sticker on your car, okay? And if it's like pro Obama, your 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 car is probably going to get shot. If it's pro 
Republican or Tea Party or Green Party or Libertarian or Conservative or Liberal or whatever, anarchist, you are going to, something bad is going to happen to you sooner or later. And I see some guys that have their, their cars or trucks, they're all covered with like, you know, Obama stuff or, you know, change or yes, we can, si se pueda, all this other stuff, or, or they have Republican stuff or McCain or whatever, Palin, whatever. They have all this stuff on their car and it just makes you go, wow, that is someone that's either incredibly brave, incredibly stupid, or incredibly naive. Either way, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near their car when the shooting breaks out or when someone decides to take a, a can of spray paint to their car or key their car I wouldn't want to be near there. That's for damn sure. It's insane. People with their political bumper stickers and all this stuff. I would never pull it. And I know people are going to say, well, Mike, it's their right. And, you know, they shouldn't have to do it and be fear of reprisal. I agree. I don't think it's right for anyone to vandalize somebody else's car, regardless of what bumper sticker they have. Unless it's a Nambla bumper sticker. If you've got Nambla stuff on your car, then I think that it should be well within the confines of the law to go and key it. I have no problem with that. Somebody has Nambla stuff, Nambla, Nambla paraphernalia on their car. I don't just believe that they should be uh, keyed. I believe that they, they should actually just probably be arrested and their car impounded. But otherwise, I really, I don't, I, I understand fundamentally speaking, even if it is Nambla, you have a right to put anything on your car. I'm just saying you probably shouldn't. It's one of those things that just because you have a right to do it doesn't mean you should do it because you're just begging you're begging for trouble you're saying all right here's my car just wait for me to leave it or you don't even wait for me to leave it shoot it now or spray it now or do whatever D vandalize my vehicle in some way that's what you're saying when you have that kind of crap up there <laughs> can you imagine i did I, I several years ago uh back when um in the 2004 election bush versus Kerry. I saw a guy's car that was covered in like Bush Cheney 04 kind of stuff. And I said, and it's, it's, it looked like a brand new car. And first of all, I don't get why you'd put a bumper sticker on a car anyway. It ruins the paint job. It's ne they're never easy to get off. Uh, it, so it, it's a really bad idea why somebody does that. It's like a hot chick getting a tattoo. It's basically impossible to remove it. Putting a bumper sticker on your car, it's just not a good idea. But then to put like 70 bumper stickers on your car, Bush, Cheney, you know how polarizing that was. I'm surprised one of those nut job carry people or somebody in the libertarian or green side or just some whack job just didn't decide to come along and go, oh yeah, I'll show you what I think you're Bush, Kerry. And you know, I don't know, maybe somebody did. Now, I know people are going to say, well, Mike, it's really sad in this country when we can't even put our own political views on our property without fear of reprisal. When we can't even have a sign in our front yard without having to worry about someone throwing a flaming bag of crap at it or whatever, without someone having to light our house on fire or, or throw gas at it or shoot at it or something like that. It's really sad when that's the state that it comes down to. I'm saying you have every right to do it. I just wouldn't do it personally. It's like you have every right to keep your front door open at night too. But when you wake up in the morning, don't expect all your crap to be there. You know, sometimes you just have to be smart about it. Just because you can do it doesn't mean it's a good idea for you to do it. You know, I mean, you could, uh, you could walk around with a big old poster board uh, on you that has the N-word on it. You can walk through Harlem doing that. You know, you have the right to do it, but guess what? You probably shouldn't. And there we go. That puts a wrap on the Zip Code Famous Michael Grav Show 2010 Year in Review Part 2 as we close out the calendar for the year. Another year of shows and still zip code famous, but I really do appreciate you checking us out. Ten years, well, more than ten years now on the air doing the Michael Grav Show. We, it's been a great year. We've come out of exile. We are back and uh, broadcasting. It's great. Contact information for our show, your comments, questions, suggestions, always relevant. I always want to hear from you. Send me an email, mike at kmgx.com. That is the address, mike at kmgx.com.
kmgx.com. That's also our PayPal address for your contributions to this program. And uh, your donations help us thrive and survive. So we do appreciate that as well. Of course, AOL Instant Messenger. Our screen name over there is Michael Graff Show for your more instant gratification. And of course, the one, the only, michaelgraff.com for everything else Michael Graff related, our chat channel, and uh, just all of our other information is there. Hopefully, eventually, the website goddess grants us with a brand new and exciting michaelgraff.com in the year 2011. I do pray to the website goddess every day. We love her. This has been a production of Michael Groff Entertainment, copyright 2010. Any reproduction, retransmission, or rebroadcast of this program without the expressed written consent, or at least implied oral consent, from me, Michael J. Groff, is strictly prohibited. Unless, of course, you're just using this program for the sole purpose of sexual gratification, then that's fine. Just go right on ahead. Uh, all right, we'll see you again in 2011. Thank you for listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show 2010 Year in Review.